All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Daily Face-Off Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Friday, April 8th edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. And we're streaming live on dailyfaceoff.com as well as Twitter and YouTube. He is former Vancouver Canucks Assistant General Manager and Chief Legal Officer Chris Gear. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great. It feels like I haven't done a show with you forever since before the I deadline. Know. So uh, excited to have you back with me. Yeah, no, great to be alongside you. Three weeks, almost exactly until the NHL regular season ends. That means three weeks where a lot of different things can happen. And there have been a lot of things happening specifically with regards to franchise records. So let's start with that. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's drop the puck with two impressive franchise record set. One of a rather still young franchise in the Nashville Predators with Roman Yossi, the Preds defenseman, setting a new franchise record for most points in a season. Yes, that's Yossi, 87 points as a defenseman, a 12-point edge over Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche, although McCarr is still on track for a 30-goal season, which is ridiculously impressive. Yossi on pace for 102 points this season. He'd be the first NHL defenseman to hit 100 points in nearly 30 years. And then, oh yeah, in case you missed it or didn't see the story, Chris, Austin Matthews set a new Toronto Maple Leafs franchise record for most goals in a single season, passing Rick Vive, who had 54. He had number 55 and 56 on Thursday night against the Dallas Stars, bringing his pace to a ridiculous 
0.84 goals per game this season. He's got 49 goals in his last 49 games. So, Chris, the question to you is, of these two franchise records that were set, which one's more impressive? I don't know if I can pick between these two. They're both such astonishing feats, and both players are kind of entering rarefied air here. Only five players, uh, five defensemen in history have ever scored uh, over 100 points, and that includes, you know, Bobby Orr, Paul Coffey. And so, you know, for Yossi to get to 100 would be just an incredible feat. And like you said, not since Brian Leach 30 years ago. So really incredible special season that he's had. But on the same time with uh, Austin Matthews getting 56, it looks like he's going to hit you know, over 60 for sure, maybe 65. And that puts him in company with, you know, I think only only 20 guys have done that. Um, and the last one was Stamkos in 2011. Before that, it was Ovechkin in 07. So, you know, both these guys are having really special seasons and uh, hard, hard to pick between the two. They're, they're incredible feats. Yeah, I kind of give the edge in the discussion to Yossi just in the sense that you look at what he's doing. Yes, the goal scoring from Matthews is so impressive. And you look at really the ease in which he scores these goals. It feels like it's almost nonchalant. It's on his stick. It's off his stick and it's in the net. It's incredible to see. But Yossi, the way he's picked up this Preds team you know, a hundred points as a, as a blue liner, it just, it blows your mind. And, you know, I wasn't sure that, you know, think back to five, eight years ago when Jamie Ben led the league in scoring with 86 points. I wasn't sure that we'd be seeing hundred point scorers again in the NHL, let alone hundred point defensemen. So next That's level stuff point. from Roman Yossi. And you, you look back at this season and you see, well, Cam McCarr seemed to lock up the Nara so long ago. I, I'd have to think that if Yossi gets to the century mark in points, that it's going to be awfully tough to not award him the Nara's trophy. So speaking of the impressive goals, uh, Chris, we had Bernie Nichols, one of those 70 goal scorers. He had a ridiculous season for the Los Angeles Kings in the 1980s, 70 goals, 150 points in a single campaign. He joined our podcast with Jason Greger today, the DFO rundown to talk about the difference in scoring between eras. When I asked him about what it's like watching these guys and is it harder for, or someone like Austin Matthews to score today? I don't think he was too sold on that. Take a listen. I'm kind of a little on the fence with that. Um, just because like hundred percent goalies are, are, are bigger, better. Um, but to be honest, like to me, it's shinny hockey out there. It really is. Guys don't, don't pay a price. Like I got my, my thumb broken, my one finger broken, my other finger shattered from slashes, you know, you, you can't touch a guy today. You can't put your stick on another guy's stick. It's a penalty. Like, I still got welts on my, my arm from cross-checking. Guys breaking their sticks over your, your arm or slashing you in the hands. Like, I, I know it's not, the penalties. Right? Guys have more five-on-threes. Guys who have a five-on-three more in one year than I had my whole career. Like, Gretz and Mario, would you ever like to see them play in today's game with five on threes, like they, they would, it, it'd be ridiculous. So as much as goalies are, are better, I, I, I don't necessarily say it, it's tougher to score because they don't pay a price. So Chris, I hear a little bit of that. Like uh, when I was your age, you used to walk uphill to school in the rain, <laughs> three miles. Like, you know, it's just, 
I'm not knocking Bernie Nichols at all, but I just look at the goalies today and I go, their equipment, the the defensive structure that players are facing, the pressure that they're under, uh, the mega dollars that they're making. I, I just feel like it's a lot tougher to produce today than maybe it was in that era, when you, especially when you adjust it for goal scoring and the rates. And I know that it's up significantly this year, but the 1980s, it was 7-5, 9-4 games all the time. It, doesn't happen all that often anymore. Where do you come out in the argument? Are you buying or selling? You know, he, he makes some good points, obviously. I mean, I think the stick infractions back in the day were more severe. And, you know, he talks about the welts on his body. I, I think that's probably true. But, yeah, when you look at the goalies, you know, most of the goalies back then had a stand-up style. They weren't in the butterfly. They weren't, you know, it's pretty funny to watch, actually. And their pads were about, you know, this thick. Um, so I, I think it is harder to score today. But, you know, I go back to, I think you can only compare players with their generation. So, you know, Bernie Nichols scored 70 goals in a, in a day when the norm was 30 or 40 was actually fairly easy. You have to compare that to Matthews getting 60 or 65 in an era where, you know, a 20 goal season is, is, uh, is something superlative. So I think it's hard to compare generations, but, um, you know, there's obviously differences in the game today that, that do make it more challenging. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's take a look, Chris, at the Eastern Conference playoff preview and that picture at the moment. My big question for you as we take a look at the Eastern Conference standings and you look at the likely matchups and, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning are sort of right there. It seems like at this point they may be the fourth team in the Atlantic Division, which would match them up against the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round. No treat for Carolina. You're you're uh, you're. The, what you get at the end of the day after winning the Metropolitan Division might be the two-time defending champion Tampa Bay Lightning who seem like they can flip a switch. Uh, what, what What's your level of concern for the Lightning at this point as they're experiencing a little bit of a late-season swoon and haven't been quite as good, especially since the NHL trade deadline? I wouldn't worry about the Lightning. I think the Lightning, like you said, I think they can turn on a switch. They, they've been there before. They've, they're two-time defending cup champs. You know, all of the guys that have been through those wars are, are there for the most part. And, you know, when you have Vasilevsky in net, uh, he can shut the door every single game if he, if he gets on a hot streak. So I don't worry about them too much. This swoon might be just, uh, you know, taking their foot off the, the gas pedal just a little bit here before the playoffs. But uh, it is a bit dangerous to think that they might uh, end up on the wild card and have to play Carolina because Carolina is one of those. And I don't know how they're under the radar with, with over 100 points, but they just nobody talks about them. But they are uh, they are so talented and, and so strong overall. If, if that's the series, Carolina, Tampa Bay, that is must watch TV. Well, I think people don't talk about Carolina because they don't, they're not big. They don't have the brawn. They don't, they're not going to out muscle you. And I think people look at that and say, well, are they ready for playoff success? Does their game translate to the playoffs? I think the skill that they have, the depth that they have, and the goaltending, frankly, that they've gotten from Freddie Anderson all season long would make them a contender. I don't know why more people aren't talking about Carolina because of how consistent they've been. From start to finish, there, there's been no dips. There's been no roller coaster ride like some of these right. other teams have experienced. I think Florida, you could probably put in that same category, but Toronto's been there. Boston's been there. Even the Rangers, Pittsburgh, they've all had some points in their schedule where they haven't been quite as good. 
if you're looking at this uh, matchup board, and these are the the matchups if the playoffs were to have started today, if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, though, would you like to play Boston in the first round? They're neck and neck. It could be Boston. It could be Tampa. There's a lot to sort out over these next three weeks. You don't get to pick your opponent, but if you're the Leafs, who would you want to face? It's a great question. I mean, the Leafs have had such good battles against the Bruins over the years. Uh, there's, there's probably something mentally about if they can get over the hump against the Bruins, they'd probably think they can do anything. So, uh, you know, I, as, a, as a competitor, I think they might want to play the Bruins just to get that monkey off their backs. A little bit like when uh, when Vancouver and Chicago played all those series and then Alex Burroughs finally slayed the dragon. So I think I think Toronto needs to slay that dragon in Boston to get over the hump. Yeah, I root for chaos, so I'm rooting for Leafs-Bruins in the first round. Who wouldn't want to see that? Let's take a look at the Western Conference playoff preview and what the standings look like today. Uh, this is a pretty critical stretch, uh, saying that lightly, for the Vegas Golden Knights. The math is really beginning to look daunting. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers are actually in a spot, believe it or not, that if they win... Uh, this weekend, they can almost lock up the second spot. Jason Greger had the math on Twitter today. Uh, they can almost lock up the second spot and home ice advantage in the first round, second spot in the Pacific Division. Vegas needs to go on a tear, and you're looking at the math from both the Kings' perspective and the Oilers. They basically only need to play 500 hockey and the golden Knights need to do a lot more to overcome that, uh, given the games in hand. So it's, uh, it's certainly quite a scenario here. Do the Vegas golden Knights get it done, Chris, or are they a team that's going to be on the outside looking in? I think, unfortunately I see them on the outside looking in, uh, obviously they still have a lot of talent on that team, but you know, so many injuries this year, really hard for them to, to, build up any sort of consistency with so many changes to the lineup. Uh, and like you said, it's just too tough to try and gain points this late in the season when, like you said, 500 hockey will do it for, for LA and Edmonton. So, uh, you know, kind of crazy when you think about the, the players that Vegas has and what they did to go out and get Eichel, that they could find themselves on the outside of the playoff bar, but looks like that's, uh, that's where it's headed. There's just, just not enough time. I don't think unless, Unless LA maybe being a younger team just collapses down the stretch, but uh, to play 500, I, I think they should be able to do that. So Vegas uh, and Vancouver and Winnipeg behind them uh, will be pretty disappointed. Yeah. So take a look at these playoff matchups. If the playoffs were to start today, which one of these series intrigues you the most? I can think of Daryl Sutter in the back of everyone's head saying whoever plays Colorado is going to be a waste of eight days. It's one of the quotes yeah. of the year. I don't know if he's pumping up Colorado or, you know, basically knocking the team that plays them down a few pegs. Can't quite tell. But Minnesota St. Louis would be awesome. But speaking of the Flames, not really a cakewalk in the first round trying to square off against UC Soros. When you're a Flames team that knows you need to make hay and, and go on a long run in the playoffs, especially given the season that you've had. Yeah, that's a really interesting matchup for me, that Calgary-Nashville uh, series with Markstrom against Saros and, uh, you know, Yossi with the season he's having and Philip Forsberg's playing great for Nashville. You can't, you can't sleep on that team. Um, Tanner Janot is another guy, 24 goals now as a rookie. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, this Predators team is going to be a really tough out. So 
Uh, ultimately, I think Calgary gets through, and I think uh, I think Colorado dispatches Dallas fairly easily. But uh, but yeah, these these are going to be uh, dogfights of a series. Yeah, one team that's on the outside looking in at the playoff picture in the Western Conference is the San Jose Sharks. Some big news on that front on Thursday with their general manager of 19 years, Doug Wilson, stepping down. Let's get to the All 32 delivered by DoorDash. Pleased to welcome to the Daily Faceoff show, Corey Massasak, who covers the San Jose Sharks for The Athletic. Corey made the midseason move from New Jersey, covering the Devils, all the way out to the Bay Area. So, Corey, welcome to the show. And uh, got to start with this big news, as we mentioned, Doug Wilson uh, steps aside after 19 years. Not necessarily a shock. I think everyone was hoping that his health would allow him to continue. But having not been on the job since November, the Sharks have had a little bit of time to prepare prepare for this instance they now begin an extensive external search what can you tell us about the process and uh what, what do you expect to unfold here over the next days and weeks yeah i mean, i think it's going to be an interesting um you know kind of maybe possibly drawn out process it, it, one of the one of the most interesting things to come out of yesterday was um you know the interim gm joe will and the team president jonathan becker saying that it's going to be they're going to start with the external candidates first. They're going to make a list of external candidates. They're going to reach out and, and interview, you know, as many of them as they can. Um, you know, basically the, their thinking is that Doug Wilson's staff has been together for, you know, a lot of the people have been there for 19 years. It's, it's been a very kind of continuous group. And so, you know, they're looking for, I think Jonathan Becker used to phrase a fresh perspective. They just want to, they want to see what everyone else has been doing if there are ways that they can improve in certain areas. Um, they've obviously had a lot of success with Doug Wilson as their general manager, but they're just sort of like, you know, going to look around and see what else is out there. Um, and then the other thing was that they, you know, they admitted that this could take a while. They're not, they're not trying to rush to get somebody in just so that that person can run the draft or free agency. They're, they said, basically the goal was we'd like to have a, a new general manager, you know, by the start of next season. Corey, the, the Sharks are obviously a team with an aging core. We, we know those four contracts, the three guys on the blue line, Carlson, Vlasic, and Burns, and then Couture up front that have really steep contracts that go for a lot of years. What does new management come in and, and do with that group? And what how, how will they view those contracts in particular? Yeah, that I mean, that's also, to me, one of the most interesting parts of this whole deal is that they basically said, look, we're going to look for fresh ideas and we're, you know, very possibly going to hire an external candidate as the GM. But that person is also going to have to basically fall in line with, with Asso Plotner's idea that there's not, there's no rebuild coming here. Like that's, I mean, there's plenty of people in the, you know, sort of in the fan base who have been looking for it, but it's just, they feel that they have their core is still good enough to win, make the playoffs, go as far as they can right now. And so I think the next you know, certainly the next year or two, if not longer, the, you know, basically the new GM's mandate is going to be, okay, here's the guys that you have. What can you do sort of around them? Maybe, maybe it does mean moving one of those big contracts at some point a lot. I mean, the, they all have pretty heavy trade protection, so that might, uh, you know, obviously be difficult, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, just what, what can they do with, you know, drafting and developing and, you know, trying to make trades, trying to find some value for agent signings. Um, just what can they do sort of around this core to 
to you know get them back into playoff contention. <clears throat> Corey, do you have any clue why Sharks ownership in in specific seems to be so resistant to a rebuild? I mean, you take a look at the evidence that we have now, this is going to be the third straight year that the Sharks are in sort of lottery territory. The NHL is no man land, no man's land, not close enough to the playoffs, not really close enough to have all the ping pong balls in your favor. The goal differential this year, like there's a lot of evidence over a number of years to say this isn't just a one off that your core can kind of sort of turn it around quickly. What faith do they have in this group? Where, where are they? Where is it coming from that they can get back quickly to where they want to? Yeah, I mean, I think part. Of, I mean, a big part of it is is that this is just the way that that Hasso Plotner feels that that you know the a sports franchise should be run. I mean, I, I think he just doesn't necessarily believe in the you know you, that you have to tank to to get back to the top kind of model. Um, they also they're you know the they have said some things about like the market and all the things that people feel we don't we don't want to lose more fans, all, all of those things. Um, as for the roster, I mean, they, you know, they were, they were hanging around the playoff chase for, let's see, about two thirds of the year. Eric Carlson got hurt. Uh, a couple other guys got hurt and it went sort of, you know, it went downwards in a, in a hurry. But I mean, I do think like, if you look at the, what they thought they were going to have this year, um, you know, they're the biggest thing that they don't have right now is they, they just can't score goals. Like they're, they're a pretty good defensive team. They've gotten good goaltending uh, they just can't score. And, you know, they have almost $12 million in Evander Kane and Kevin LeBanc. And those two guys have combined to score three goals for them this year. LeBanc because he got hurt and Kane, you know, everything that went on with him. So I do think there will be a little bit of, let's, you know, if they get LeBanc healthy, if William Eklund comes in next year, if they find another guy or two out there somewhere, you know, like a, like Alexander Barabanov was a good pickup for them. Uh, you know, they've just... I think, and then they, they're going to have a little bit of cap space depending on what happens with the Kane situation. So I, I do think they're sort of like, um, you know, they think they think that they're not as far away as maybe some other things suggest that they are. And that's their, that's sort of the plan. Interesting. Uh, Corey, very quickly, um, just give us one name, if you can, to keep an eye on that you think could be a prime target for the Sharks in their GM search. Oh man, that's, I mean, honestly, that's the thing. Like I was, I talked to a handful of people yesterday. We were like, I'm like just thinking or even sitting there and thinking like they have, there have any, it seems like with any thing like this, a coach search, a GM search, you start looking around the league for connections. Like who is connected to the sharks have, they've kept their thing together for so long that it's not like there's necessarily a, you know, a, a former assistant general manager who went someplace else and is ready to just for his job. I mean, I, I think obviously like, if you look at all the searches from this year, I mean, Matt, I think Matthew Darsh has been, you know, one of the finalists for pretty much every single vacancy out there. I mean, he might get to the point where he doesn't, um, you know, he's worried that he's not, does he just want to be a bridesmaid every time or whatever? But um, yeah, no, I mean, I think they're going to, you know, all the things that people said about sort of uh, like Chicago search where they, it was a diverse, you know, they, they looked around, they, they definitely seemed like they were, they're pretty intent on an, uh, interviewing at least one player agent. Uh, so maybe, maybe there'll be, you know, one of the, you know, kind of one of the big, the big power agents will be involved in this, but, uh, yeah, it just, it seems like, uh, there's going to be a lot of candidates and we're not really sure what direction it's going to go at this point. 
Fascinating stuff. Uh, we'll be paying attention, Corey. Thanks so much for joining us. You can follow Corey on Twitter at cmassasac22. You can read his work on theathletic.com. Corey Massasac covers the Sharks. This has been another edition of the All 32 delivered by DoorDash. You see the promo codes there at the bottom of your screen. D-F-O-D-D if you're in Canada. D-F-O-D-D-U-S if you're in the United States. That gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order from DoorDash. It's Friday night. You don't want to cook. Master's weekend all your favorites and more delivered right to your door by doordash all right chris it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day hashtag ask dfo my question for you is the rookie not getting enough love this season is blank Who's your guy? So I'm going to go with a guy that is getting a lot of love from his teammate, Linus Olmark, but maybe not uh, from, from the rest of the media and the public. And that's Literal Jeremy love. Swayman. Yeah, exactly. A lot of hugging. Uh, but Jeremy Swayman has 20 wins now on the season. He's sporting a 918 save percentage. You know, we, we haven't really seen a performance like that from a rookie goalie since, uh, since the uh, Bennington uh, at least half a season from Bennington and St. Louis. So I think it's been really impressive. It's, uh, you know, that, that duo in Boston has, has really uh, given the, the Bruins solid goaltending and, and really firmly entrenched them in, in a playoff spot. So I think he's a guy that um, has sort of snuck up the rankings of the Calder race. I'm going to go with a guy that not many people have talked about on the Los Angeles Kings, and that's Sean Dersey. Came in, uh, made his NHL debut against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto kid that was picked by the Leafs and traded to L.A. in the Jake Muzzin deal. And he's come in and has been excellent. He is battling with Jamie Drysdale, in my opinion, for the second spot on my all-rookie team ballot. So Moritz Sider, of course, is the top defenseman, but Drysdale has been excellent. Both are playing about 20 minutes a night. Dersey has 25 points in 55 games, obviously getting called up late in the season. Drysdale has 28 in 71. Dersey's a big part of the playoff push for the LA Kings. Uh, not many people have been talking about Dersey and the quality of his play this year on the Kings blue line. So Chris uh, also had a great topic, uh, a great story on dailyfaceoff.com on Thursday about where do Calder Trophy winners come from? Where do top rookies come from? So interesting piece to check out. Let's let's get to um, let's get to Tyler Grimchuk for our Daily Faceoff Daily Bet segment. Yes, let's get into it. We were up a unit yesterday, so feeling good heading into the weekend. And you can see my record at the bottom there. I am back above 500 record-wise on the season. That's also a very high number in terms of the amount of wagers I place. So that's interesting to look at. But anyways, let's Jenner. jump into tonight. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I got a few more for today. In total, I have three plays, actually. We're starting with a little parlay action at the top there. Colorado taking on the Winnipeg Jets. And honestly, the Jets have looked Pretty uninspiring as of late. The Avalanche, on the other hand, they're not taking their foot off the gas at all heading into the playoffs. They've won four in a row. They're 8-1-1 and one in their last 10, and I like them to roll tonight on the road against Winnipeg. So I'm putting them in regulation along with the Florida Panthers in regulation. Together, these two are paying plus 157. The Panthers beat the Sabres back on Sunday in regulation. 
And listen, I just think this Florida team is too good. Five wins in a row. They also have eight wins in their last 10 games. They're looking just fantastic right now. Borderline unbeatable. And I mean, the comeback against Toronto, they're rolling. And I think they'll roll over the Buffalo Sabres. So Florida, Colorado regulation parlay plus 157. And then for my props, I'm sticking with that Florida matchup. Claude Giroux has picked up an assist in five of his eight games since joining the Panthers. I like him at plus 105 tonight to pick up an apple. And I'm also taking Sam Bennett plus 180 to pick up an assist. He's hit this in three of his last five with five total assists in that span. Basically, he only misses this prop when I bet on him. So I'm hoping that changes here tonight. Bennett assist, Giroux assist, Florida and Colorado in regulation. And Frank, let me just end uh, end the segment with a little... Toronto Blue Jays minus one and a half in their home open in their home opener tonight. I'm happy baseball's back. Yeah, I see that le- that uh, Jays hat there. Certainly uh, opening day here in Philadelphia as well. Excited for that. Um, I got to say, though, don't sleep on the Sabres. Uh, go back to March 1st, 10, 5, and 3. They did have a lot of fight against the Florida Panthers, as you said, just about a week ago. I'm, I don't know. I'm not betting against the Sabres at this point. It makes me feel uneasy, but... Yeah, didn't work out for me that well when I did it before the season. The under sixty-seven point total—it's getting a little hairy. So let's get to uh, Chris Gear and Garbage Time, my favorite segment of the show. Chris, I cede the floor to you. What's caught your eye from around the NHL? So I'm going to go with uh, Captain Canuck Bo Horvat, and last night he had a game against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Two goals, which brought him up to 30 on the year, which is a career high for him, I believe. Uh, One assist and 17 for 17 in the faceoff circle. Uh, I've never seen that personally. I had to go back and look at the record archives to see whether that was uh, something of historic significance. Uh, There have been some some pretty high uh, faceoff percentages in the past. The last one to go sort of undefeated with that many uh, reps was Dave Scatcherd at 19-0. and uh, You've got guys like uh, Crosby and Vermette, uh, Jared Stoll, who all had uh, sort of 95% with 20 or more face-offs. But, uh, you know, anytime you can go into the dot uh, over 10, 15 times and win every single one of them, that's, that's pretty impressive. So uh, shout out to Bo for that performance. Yeah, no doubt. 17 for 17 is amazing. A uh, little trivia for you, Chris, putting you on the spot. Do you know who holds the NHL single game record for most faceoff wins? Just based on that list I looked at, uh, I'm going to say Crosby. Travis Green, the man who ended up coaching Bo Horvat at the start of the season, won 33 draws in one game, an NHL record. So nice little Canucks tie-in. So uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting summer on the coaching carousel. I know Scott Burnside has a story coming uh, over the weekend on dailyfaceoff.com looking at so many guys with the interim tag. What happens in those spots? Who's going to be in the mix to get some of these jobs? I'd imagine Travis Green will be one of those guys. Uh, that'll do it for today's Daily Faceoff show. Thanks to Chris Gear, Thanks to Corey Massasak, Tyler Remchuk, and our technical producer, Alex Allard. Uh, what a week. Three weeks to go in the NHL season. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the NHL. We'll be back on Monday, 12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us. Until then, enjoy an unbelievable sports weekend everyone. Have a good one. 
Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight 
cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.